happy. Just say this. God's on the move. He's working in my life. Say this. Say, he's doing things that I don't even know he's doing. Declarations is, uh, is, comes from uh, when Elijah was hiding out in a cave after Mount Carmel, right? He has this mountaintop experience, literally. And um, they literally slaughter like hundreds of these prophets of Baal and Asherah. And then Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you. And he runs. And he hides out in a cave and he just starts whining, or as Micah said, sulking, right? I like that when he said that. And, 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 he's, and he's sulking in a cave and he says, Lord, I'm the only one left. And I'm, it's just me. And I'm just, I'm, it's horrible. It's, nothing's working out. And, and God basically slaps him and says, what are you talking about? There's like 7,000 other prophets of mine that have not bowed their knee to Jezebel and Ahab. And he's like, oh, okay. So I love the declaration I used to, I used to hear was that God is doing 7,000 times more than I know he is. <laughs> Bro, sometimes you just got to get encouraged. Oh. You know, the, the truth doesn't change. What changes is your ability to believe it. That's so why I was, I was praying over someone. I just, I just felt like the Lord say, it's now going to be easy to believe truth. See, that's the breakthrough. And God gives us breakthrough. He doesn't want to take away all the resistance. Breakthrough isn't you get rid of the weights. Breakthrough, he gives you the strength to lift them. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, we're not looking for our lives to be coasting. Like, you know, it's like that doesn't build Christians that are strong and courageous. But sometimes, like, those lies are just so easy to believe, and the truth just feels so hard. Right? Right? Dude, it's maddening sometimes when you get hit with a lie that just feels so believable. And then, like, 48 hours later, you're like, what was that about? Like, how did I ever get duped into believing that? Like, I was, that was 48 hours too long of depression. Like, that, let's not do that again, right? All right. Um, I, I, oh, you guys. What do I do? What do I do? Okay, we're good. Kind of a smaller group. Every time the group's a little smaller, I just feel like y'all want everyone to sit right here. But, um, but then I feel you guys really like sitting on the corners, right? I see the head, the head shaking over there. We just, we just need more couches, don't we? Legitimately, Liberty, we need more couches. Man, we launched our church in a nightclub, and there was like these, these couches everywhere. It was awesome. It was almost like, like you went in and sat in somebody else's couch, and like they let you know. Like you just knew that was their couch. You don't sit on their couch. It's like reserved couches. Anyway, we've been praying for the nightclub to be ours again, the, the mansion. Um, for five months. There we go. Can we get a couple amens from the front row? Yeah, let's go. All right. Come on now. Um, <laughs> um, by the way, I'll look, you got the, look, get the video ready too because I've got a video um, in honor of Penny. Um, yes. Um, but, uh, but no, honestly, you guys, just honestly, you, you, I don't share every little, little just like moment, but the Lord is like breadcrumbing this thing. He is like dropping these breadcrumbs everywhere we go. He is doing so much. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. 
And can I just say, it's really freeing when you finally come to this place in your Christianity, when you just say, I have no idea what God's going to do. I promise you, your life will be easier if you just finally accept that. I have no idea what God's going to do, but I know this. It's going to be better than I ever imagined. But don't start thinking, but what if it's this? That would be really good, right? Because when it doesn't happen just the way you wanted it to, then you're back to square zero being an unbelieving believer. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you just, you just got to have faith that Jesus is who he says he is. And so we're going to preach on Jesus today. But I just, I've been, as I connect with people and whatever, I, I feel like that, that message keeps coming back because it has carried me so well this season. Uh, I, I just, no, I have no idea what he's going to do. And it feels good to say it. Just say it with me. I have no idea what God's going to do. But it's going to be better than I ever asked or imagined. Come on. It, it's really freeing when you're walking through uncertainty because you are certain about one thing Him, right? I know He's the God of breakthrough. I know it. I know it. I said, it's inevitable. Breakthrough's coming. And my only job is to declare it's today. Oh, what, what, what's going to happen? I don't know. Okay, that was for a few of us. That's good. But anyway, so I don't know what's God's going to happen. We've been praying to get back to a Sunday morning because it just works for people. Can we just be honest? It just works. The Lord seems to show up like, oh, it's so beautiful. What's going on even tonight? Uh, but it's Sundays are just good. So we're working towards that. Um, of course, some of y'all are going to be like, well, I can't make Sundays. And that's okay. I love you. We'll miss you. Um, actually, what I'll do is I'll just pray for it to start working. Um, and he'll do that because he likes me. Um, but, but we're praying for that. And about f- four or five months ago, um, little seven-year-old Weston, Tawny's son, wakes up and has a dream. He says, Mom, I had a dream. The Skinners moved into a mansion. Well, the church that we launched in a nightclub co- was called The Mansion. The, the, mansion it's good, the nightclub was called The Mansion. It's been sitting dormant since, um, oh my God, Phil, are you Marco Poloing me? <laughs> it's, it's been sitting dormant since COVID, completely empty. And I keep thinking to myself, Lord, Lord, that would be a great Sunday morning venue. We'd need to change it. The alcohol's gone, the naked pictures on the walls. We would take those down, okay? I promise. And we had to cover them up every Sunday morning. Anyway, so I just think that would be amazing. I went there. I, so I started praying over this thing, laying hands on it. I anointed it with oil. I've done all the charismatic things I could think about. I've walked around it multiple times, seven to be exact. And, um, and so <laughs> I have done everything. I've taken people with me. I'm like, we're just going for it. One time I went to go lay hands on the door. And I swear to you, this little spider cobweb like caught my face. And I was like... I was like, whoa, what's that? It's a demon. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, I was, it was, I was wigging out because it just, those moments, you know. Dude, the, I told you last week, that, that place was haunted. <laughs> so I'm like laying hands on the guy that freaked me out. But I was like, you can't keep me from anointing this door. And so I was like, I'm just like doused it in some oil that I found. Okay, so anyway. Um, so all of that's happening. For the past four or five months then, I've been believing, Lord, you said, and I, just, I feel like he said, 
I don't know what's going to happen. I don't. But I just kept doing it. So every time I would drive by, my kids know. In fact, they started doing it as we're driving by. Dad, there's the building that's ours. I'm like, amen. Anyway, and so all this stuff starts happening. And I keep, you know, Penny and I, we're like calling the owner. We're on a first name basis. The guy's in Missouri. And we're like, we're like hey, is it still for sale? He's like, no, it's in contract. It's, uh, it's being sold right now. All right, well, just so you know, we're a church. We're going to use this for the Lord. And he's like, well, that sounds nice, but it's in contract. And so we're calling him and all this stuff. And he's like, and a month later, I'm like, Penny, call him again. <laughs> so she sends him handwritten notes that he has on his desk. Right? This is awesome. Right? And I'm just thinking, Lord, this has to happen. This is going to happen. Anyway, one, one month, two months, three months goes by where it's still not for sale. It's still in contract. I'm like, who's buying it, right? I'm like, we'll bother them next. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's some guy who wants to put his cars in there. His cars? And so we just keep bothering him and five months go by. And I'm starting to think, Lord, I thought you were doing this. Maybe you're not doing that. And then last Tuesday, I get a call from the realtor and it fell out of contract. It's back for sale. So <laughs> I don't know what God's going to do. But I know that he's on this move. So I say all that. Just pray for us. Pray for us. I was walking. Um, I, I, we were praying over the, uh, some friends of mine, some pastors that I'm connected to um, uh, through a network. They were praying over me and just the building because I just, I, I just surround myself with powerful people. I, I don't like to do life alone. Um, don't do life alone. If you need somebody, do it with me. I'll do it with you. But don't do life alone. And so I had these pastors praying over the building and encouraging me. And I wasn't discouraged, but like every now and then you need some encouragement. And so, um, and so they start praying over me. And as they're um, at the end of the call, like an hour later, other things were going on. I, I'm about to get off the call and I'm walking to this, uh, the taco stand right down here. And I'm about to get some tacos. So I turn the video off so I can kind of just get off the call. This is going somewhere, I promise. And so as I'm getting off the call, um, this girl, Cynthia, she's a pastor in LA. She's like, Jesse, are you still on the call? This is like an hour after they started praying for me. So the timing's important. I, I've been, I got out of my car down the street and walked towards this taco stand. And as I walked to the taco shop, I, I, I said, hey. She goes, hey, are you still on the call? Yeah, I'm still on the call. She goes, you know, I don't know why, but I, I, I'm supposed to pray this over you right now. And I said, yeah, go for it. And she goes, Jesse, I just feel like, and I turned the video back on so I could see it. The taco shop's right here. I'm waiting outside. She goes, I just feel like the Lord says, you feel like you've been in a season of a desert season. And I'm like, well, if Sunday mornings is an oasis, then yes, I'm in a desert season. <laughs> and so, uh, and she goes, the Lord says it's time to move into the land of promise, which is a good word. The land of milk and honey, she says. Now, if you know your Costa Mesa uh, um, geography, you would know that 50 feet in front of me is the coffee shop, milk and honey. So the fact that she, I mean, it's just wild to me that the Lord is doing these. Can we just say amen? amen. Dude, this is mind-blowing, right? I'm, so I'm like, Cynthia, hold on a second. Two seconds later, I'm standing in front of Milk and Honey showing her. And she's like, are you serious? I'm like, yes. Like, you should be encouraged. Like, <laughs> you nailed it, right? <laughs> Those are the words I want to give people. But like, I am so encouraged that God is on this season for presence. 
So if you're wondering what's going on, all that stuff, I'll tell you what's going on. People are hearing that Jesus loves them the other six days of the week, right? God is showing up in worship and in ministry time. Come on. Cancer is getting healed. And he's got a plan for our building. Now, does all that mean it's going to be the mansion? No. I have no idea what he's doing. Come on, that'll preach. Oh, this is so good, but I'm so confident. Some of y'all are going through trials, like, God, is this the right job for me? I lost my job. I sold my company, all this stuff. And you're like, what's going to happen next? Like I, like, I don't know what, am I going to have money? Like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Whether it's going to be this job, that job, this person, that person. But I know one thing that keeps me waking up every morning with a smile on my face. I know he's good. Amen? Amen. All right, all right. Let's show that video. It's just make me, it's going to put a smile on your face too. This is why I'm nativity. Restart it, restart it. Restart, because you got to hear it from the beginning. I'm a classic one. Classic role, is it? Classic part. Yeah. Um, Joseph. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the three wise men. No. But it's a classic part. Yeah. Okay. He's in um, the play. Tell me then, because I'm door holder number three. I'll be holding doors. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> holding doors for who? Um, probably um Joseph and Mary. Oh my gosh! Were you pleased when they said that? And I was like. I'm a door holder. Get in there. Let's go. Yeah. I'll have to wear like brown. Really? Yeah, probably. Excellent. That's, wow, that's really smart, Milo. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm really excited. I'm like, get in there. Get in there. <laughs> I'm door holder number three. I get to hold the door. <laughs> I watched that thing four times. I'm sorry. I, should, I thought about play it again, but um, I'll, I will not do that. No. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, huh? Oh, there's a play. I didn't show up for that, but that's a good announcement. Um, um, also, um, I, I, we're just running behind. I don't want to share. We don't have to read the, the, the offering declaration. Um, but keep giving. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. We're here because people give. It's amazing. Um, you probably think this just happens um, because the Lord, like, let's go. He doesn't. It, he actually needs us to, um, to, to make this happen. So if you're, if you're giving, I love you. You're wonderful. Um, I would give. I mean, I do give. But I, I pray like, so into what God's doing. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I promise, it, it, it's probably more for you than for the church. Because <laughs> if you're not giving, you're probably worried about money. <laughs> if you're not giving, it's very likely you're just worried about money. And that alone should be a reason to kill that giant. All right. If you heard, shame on you for not giving... You don't know me, and you didn't hear me. If you heard, dang it, he's trying to upgrade my life, then you know me. All right. 
So there's going, so on the 23rd, we're going to have church here, all right? And I'm really excited. We're going to have a kids play. Amber is, is basically spearheading this thing with Tawny, but she's like, she's just like a magician. And I'm so excited. All the little kids are going to be up there with their door holder number three. Get in there. Get in there and hold the door. Can we watch it again? <laughs> really, he's so cute. Um, okay, so we're doing that. Any other announcements that I'm missing? That's it. Just keep it lightweight. So you guys have enough on your plate. We don't need 10 other meetings, all right? So um, anyway, but we'll see you guys um, next Saturday and then Saturday, the 23rd and then I think the 31st. 30th, yes. Anyway, we're going to keep doing church. Oh, we have my friend. How many of you guys remember Levi Hug from Bethel coming? He brought a team. Remember, he was actually, it was fire, you guys. He's a friend of mine. I interned with him, but now he like goes all over the world and preaches. He has the coolest testimonies. You guys, I, I won't, never mind. I'll, I'll let him show you some testimonies. Anyway, so he's coming. He's bringing about three or four students, um, Bethel students. So they're going to light us up in January. We got Dan Moeller coming in February, um, which we got to pray for a venue. Um, we can hold it here, but we got to raise some money because it's not cheap. So if you have a, an inn for a nice venue to put, people will literally be driving eight hours to get to see Dan. So it will be nuts. All right? So Dan Moore is going to be coming in February. I'm super stoked about that. If you don't know who he is, we'll get you saved soon, I promise. Um, but uh, no, you can come ask me. He's amazing. It'll, it'll change your life. He changed mine. Um, heck, maybe we'll be in the mansion by then, huh? Ow! All right. <laughs> I have no idea what God is doing, but it's going to be amazing. That's still for you guys, for somebody here. All right, all right. Advent. Everybody say Advent. Advent. We're going to talk about Advent today at least a little bit. How many guys have ever really like celebrated Advent? I don't mean opening doors and taking the candy or the toy. How many guys, some of you guys, how many guys don't really know much about Advent? Raise your hand. Like, yeah, like, I want you guys, so Christian seasons, this is one of the Christian seasons. Did you know there's like 30 of them? There's like, there's like, there's Advent, there's, well, there's Easter, but then there's like two seasons before Easter. There's, um, there's the, there's, uh, there's Epiphany, there's Lent, there's all these seasons that we don't celebrate. There's Pentecost, but then there's like seasons on it. It's just wild. I was literally just going to like read them all off for you. I spent, I spent a couple years at Vanguard doing a master's program, and we got to, I learned a little bit more about some of these seasons, and I've never been one that cares about the seasons of Christianity. It just never got to me. I didn't grow up in the church. I don't have church hurts and pastoral wounds. Um, I, just, I, just didn't, I just didn't know there were seasons. I just like, it's Jesus. Isn't that enough? Well, it is enough. But, however, the beauty of the Christian seasons and the purpose of them, one thing I love, I, I love is that the seasons of God, you know we have seasons in the natural, right? In fact, in fact, Jesus even rebuked the Pharisees for knowing about the seasons in the natural, but not knowing about the seasons in the spiritual, because they were spiritual people. So, but the, the, the great thing about our seasons and why we should care about them or could care about them is that when we begin to see them and observe them, on a big picture scale, it helps, us with, it helps us withdraw from the world systems. And it helps put ourselves into God's systems. Because he has a rhythm. Did you know that? God has a rhythm. Every year we celebrate the birth of Christ. Every year we celebrate the Holy Spirit falling on the church. What are these seasons for but to remind us 
of aspects of the kingdom and of the spiritual realm. Does that make sense? So, you know, you could just say, well, it's just eating and drinking. and It's just celebrating. I don't know, Passover meals, all that stuff. The whole point of doing them, it can just be that it puts you, it kind of roots you and grounds you deeper and deeper into God's system. You know that you're an alien on this earth. We're legal aliens. (laughs) Like, we're not of the world. And so as we begin to look at these seasons, we, we can actually, it helps us to step out of the world systems, right? Wouldn't you rather celebrate Christmas from the standpoint of expecting the, the, the birth of Christ rather than expecting the sales? You know, I mean, it's just what it is. So let's talk about, so Advent, Advent I'm just going to read this because it's not that long, but I think it's, it's helpful. Um, in Christianity, Advent re- refers to the period of Four weeks. So Advent is actually four weeks, not 21 days, although it can be, but it's four weeks um, leading up to Christmas. It begins on Sunday, the closest to November 30th, which is St. Andrew's Day, and ends on December 24th. It is a time of anticipation and preparation for the celebration (laughs) of the birth of Jesus Christ on Christmas Day, which Jesus wasn't born on Christmas. We know that. But We celebrate that time. Some people may know the Advent season focuses on expectation and think it serves as an anticipation of Christ's birth in the season leading up to Christmas. This is part of the story, but there is more to Advent. Everybody say, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. The word Advent is derived from the Latin word adventus, which means coming or arrival. Isn't that neat? Which translates to the Greek word, um, which translates to the Greek word perisuia, Scholars believe that during the 4th and 5th centuries in Spain and Gaul, Advent was a season of preparation for the baptism of new Christians at the January Feast of Epiphany, another season. The celebration of God's incarnation represented by the visit of the Magi to the baby Jesus, his baptism in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, and his, and his first miracle at Canaan. During this, during this season of preparation, Christ would spend 40 days in penance, prayer, and fasting to prepare for this celebration. Originally, there was little connection between Advent and Christmas. By the 6th century, over Romans Christians um, had tied Advent to the coming of Christ. But coming, but the coming, that in mind, was not Christ's first coming in the manger of Bethlehem, but a second coming. In the clouds as the judge of the world. The Advent season was not explicitly linked to Christ's first coming at Christmas until the Middle Ages. So I, I, this stuff's kind of fun and interesting. And it's not normally what we preach about. But it's, you know, it's good to get this stuff in you. And so Advent is actually, there's liturgically, if you went to more of a liturgical church that does some of these things. Oh, you guys, some of it's really deep and you like imagine sitting in a service for an hour or something like that and you just meditate on one aspect of Christ being born and you just let that sink in you meditated on on just one aspect maybe it was the aspect that the king of the universe that time doesn't even even like you know that God's not in or out of time that time's actually in God Jesus isn't isn't in eternity eternity is in Christ Right? Like, what? And so some of these seasons, the liturgically, if we were to be more a liturgical church, which we're not, which some of you are like, oh, I wish we were. Like, I know some, some families like more of that, um, that liturgy where you read scriptures and, and it's all just laid out. Which, there's beauty in that. 
as spirit-filled Christians, we constantly be like, I just want to shake. <laughs> but I promise, like, the seasons help us actually begin to, like, like, widen our heart for the Lord. And I promise you, I say, go look some of the stuff up and just... Just read about it. We're going to read some scriptures in a minute, but okay. Actually, let's, let's, we're going to start by that. We're going to read a bunch of scripture, okay? Um, um, there's, there's a lot of scriptures that you read for Advent, and you know what? Guess who the scriptures are about? Jesus. That's right. Gold star. Gold star. Okay, so Isaiah 9, 2 through 7. You can listen, or, um, or you can get on, me, get on board with, with, or read it with me. Sorry. Um, I. Um, and so I'm going to read this, Isaiah 9, 2 through 7. Um, yes, okay, so the people, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Now, before I read this, just I, I want to like put us in a, in, a, in a place. So this is the expectation of the coming of the Messiah. This is Jesus, he's coming. It's been 400 years since Israel has heard the Lord speak to them. 400 years until Christ's birth. Isn't that amazing? Actually, not even his birth. It, was, it started with John the Baptist, right? With uh, Zechariah. And, and so there's 400 years. And the advent, the expectation of Jesus' birth is what we are known. So this is, these are scriptures that are, that are speaking about Christ and the coming of him. All right, Isaiah 9-2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divided the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot on the tramping Warrior in battle, tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is one of those moments where we do know what's going to happen. Isn't that neat? Just... Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. That means tomorrow there will be more of his government and peace. And next year, we know what's going to happen. His, the government of his righteousness and his peace and his mercy will increase. Say increase. Woo. All right. Hebrews 1.4. I got to read this out of my Bible. Hebrews 1, 1, 1, sorry, 1, 1, 1 through 4. Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. Now we're just going to read about Jesus for a bit. 
God, after he spoke long ago to the many fathers, to, to, to the fathers in the prophets in many portions, in many ways, meaning he just said it so many different ways, and in these last days has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom all, uh, through whom also he made the world. It was through Christ that the world was created. Don't lose that. It was through Jesus that the world was created. It wasn't just the Spirit hovered over. It was through whom also he made the world. It, the power of Jesus. Ugh. We're all going to be wrecked after this, I promise. All right, verse 3. And he, Jesus, is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. You want to know what God looks like? It's Jesus. You want to know what God, what the Father is like? Read about Jesus. You'll find it as you read out Jesus. You want to know what the Holy Spirit is like? It's Jesus. All things, the exact representation. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, Christ did, having become as much better than the angels, and he has inherited a more excellent name than they. Oh. Colossians 1.15 some of you guys are still there. When you're there, say, yep. yep. Any more yeps? Yep. All right. Colossians 1.15. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. This is the baby Jesus that was about to be born. Did you get this? The one that eternity rests inside of was born in a, in a stable. That is wild. He's just... Okay, I'm going to keep going. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminence. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Amen. Come on, it just feels good to get. Oh. Can we just, I'm just, I'm, so, uh, so Advent's about the anticipation of Christ coming. But, but I love that, I love that, that it was actually, it was, it was the anticipation of Christ's return at the end of time, right? But we could even say, we, well, but, but you see, the seasons are not just for one aspect. We don't just celebrate Pentecost and think, oh, let's celebrate the Holy Spirit once a year, right? No, we, we, we honor the Holy Spirit the whole, so we can honor the coming of Christ 
Not just, not just on the earth and not just in a stable. We can actually honor Christ every day. We can literally have Advent experience. Are you guys following me? It's, it's, an, it's, it's an expectation that Jesus is coming. We can literally start our church services with Advent services. You guys, he's coming. <laughs> it's been six days, but we're back. No, I'm just kidding. It's been long. Hopefully he came yesterday too, you know? But like, He's humming, and there's this expectation in us for Christ, the one that eternity can't even, can't nail down. He's everywhere. He's, he's, he's before you. He's behind you. Now, we don't know what's going to happen, but he's already there. Oh. I was thinking about this as I was just researching. I love learning about, I love preparing for messages because it takes me all over and sometimes, I'm, I'm, sometimes I spend hours on messages, and sometimes he changes it all in the moment. But I, I, was, I was looking into this, and I, and I, I found a C.S. Lewis. I just love C.S. Lewis quotes. Do you guys love C.S. Lewis? I love the Narnia series. How many of you guys ever watched, like, listen, read the book, watch the movies, Narnia? Yeah? Anybody that doesn't know that? Because this is going to be lost. Uh, we'll talk later. All right. So, so in, in Narnia, you have this, um, it's, it's C.S. Lewis's version of essentially the kingdom right? And Aslan is the lion, but Aslan represents the Christ. In fact, even in the book, right, they actually stretched out, and, and, and it, he has this type of death and rebirth. Spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> oh. so, in the, in, in, so Lewis opens up this world of Narnia, and, and, and he's sharing it. And, and, I remember reading the, the book for the first time or, uh, as an adult and, and as a Christian, actually, as a, one that's, uh, that understands what's going on. And I would read about them, talk about Aslan, and I'd get the chills. You guys ever do that? You get the chills, like, he's on the move. And remember the little animals? They're just like, did you hear? There's rumors that Aslan is on. He's been seen before. And there's like this anticipation. So I'm going to read this to you. This is um, C.S. Lewis, and he says this, and... He says this, they say Aslan is on the move, perhaps has already landed. And now a very curious thing happened, for none of the children knew who Aslan was any more than you do. But the moment the beaver had spoken these words, everyone felt quite different. Perhaps it has, some, it has sometimes happened to you in a dream that someone says something which you don't understand, but in the dream it feels as if it is some enormous meaning either a terrifying one which turns the whole dream into a nightmare or else a lovely meaning, too lovely to put into words, which makes the dream so beautiful that you remember it all your life and are always wishing you could get into that dream again. It was like that now. At the name of Aslan, each one of the children felt something jump in, it, in its inside. Edmund felt a sensation of mysterious horror Peter felt suddenly brave and adventurous. Susan felt as if some delicious smell or some delightful strain of music had just floated by her. And Lucy got the feeling you have when you wake up in the morning and realize that it is the beginning of the holidays or the beginning of summer. Isn't that beautiful? As someone could say, Jesus is coming. He's on the move. Jesus, he's, he's touching people. And something in you goes, Jesus? 
You know, the, 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 power, the power of Christ. Of, do you, as, I'm, as I'm preparing for this, I'm thinking through different things of like, what's this really mean to us, God? Why is this important? Why would they care about it? And I kept thinking about this idea that Christ has somehow become part of Christianity. Did you catch that? That, that, that if we just had Jesus, we'd have revival. As if Jesus is some conduit for cities to be saved, for revival to happen. Now, he is a conduit for that. But how many of you guys know that Jesus, Jesus is not a pathway to revival? That if we had Jesus, we'd get revival. Revival is in Christ. He's in, all of that is in him. See, Jesus isn't in the church. The church is in Jesus. And how often can we invite Christ into our, into our church services, but not talk about him? How much, I, I'm not trying to convict anybody here. If anything, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be like, like a, like a, like a C.S. Lewis that says, he's coming. He's on the move. Did you hear Oh my gosh, Karen told me about something that just happened. It's happening. Jesus is, is meeting the gay man. Jesus is meeting the yoga instructor. It's happening. It's like Christmas morning. It's, it's everything we do is him. It's not, it, we, we don't do, we're not looking for Jesus as as a stepping stone to a successful life. But how much of our prayers kind of feel like that? I'm just being real. This, this, this kind of gets me a little bit because I've, I really have. I've built my Christianity in such a way at times, like if I, if I pray and I sit with Jesus, then something good's going to happen. Which likely I don't know what's going to happen. We're going to get that. Versus, I get to sit with him. He, he is the image of the invisible God. His image. He's, I sit with him. He's, he's, he's the image. I, I mean, I have not seen him in person quite yet. But he is the image. And when I, get the, when I sit down alone in the morning or wherever in my car during the day, I sit with him and I get to have him next to me. Revival, not, um, not maturity, sanctification, not words of knowledge, not healing prayers, not kids that actually obey me. No, I get him. See, listen, I, I can be just as, uh, um, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, um, guilty. I can be just as guilty as the next pastor that preaches messages that aren't about Jesus. And I think sometimes they're good. We talk about, we talk about relational health, relational, emotionally healthiness, you know, like believe. But how, but Lord, help us if we begin to preach messages about self-help, about, about it, Lord, help us if I become a counselor or a therapist, and those aren't bad things. But we're not, we, 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 we need to make sure, and I think we do a pretty darn good job in our church, 
But I'm always, I'm always, I, 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 I want to be aware that the church doesn't begin to preach messages that help you get good beliefs about yourself, right? Like, oh, I just want you to have positive, the power of positive thinking. If you just, if you just thought everything's going to work out okay, you're going to manifest that. It's like that self-actualization stuff. And so we can begin to preach stuff or think stuff or even fill our minds with stuff that, that, that it has a little bit to do with Christ. Like it's, it's the gospel's in there somewhere. And here's all that stuff is really to help us with structure, right? It just helps us to put stuff in position. And, you know, like I, you know, I, my actions are a, uh, what are my great kind of like, declarations is that my actions are a result of my beliefs, right? And that's good. It's not, Jesus doesn't, there's nowhere Jesus in that. But what if I shifted that a little bit and I just said, Jesus, you are my belief. And you might be like, well, what's that mean? Find out. Find out what that means. What does it mean to have Jesus be your belief system? Because I don't know about you, that feels like a mystery to me sometimes. I'm just being real with you guys. Like, I don't, I never understood the cross. I never understood his blood growing up as a Christian. But, but the more I see this thing, you guys, of Jesus. Sorry, we're just running low on time. I'm just going to let you guys out in a minute. But, ha I'm just convinced of this, you guys. All the good services and the good worship songs uh, about, about, about us and about that. All, it's all really beautiful, and I, I believe in all of it. But the focus has to, has to stay on Him. It has to stay on Him. And, and if you're kind of like, now you guys are all pretty amazing people, and so this might not be you, but I promise you, at some point, we don't understand this. <laughs> and so you're like, I, I recognize, even as I say this, I'm giving you a mystery. But it's the only thing he gave us. To look for an easier way will eventually lead us somewhere else. Does that translate? And so we fill ourselves with YouTube videos and books, really good books about the soul and about, you know, about, about you know, I just, we, we read a book in our home group a last, last session called Soul Care. And some of it was really good. But anytime you engage in inner healing and Christ is not the center and every and every part of that. <laughs> if he is not the one that you are doing inner healing with, you will not manifest Christ. You might manifest Christianity, whatever that means. You guys hear me? I'm, I'm shouting because I'm excited. I'm not mad. Um, <laughs> if anything, I just, I, I'm like, Lord, help me get this mystery in me. Stop it, Siri. I had a dream with Siri in it. Oh, it was an evil dream. In the dream, our church was actually expunging Siri out of it. So that's hilarious. 
and it was like this green mutagen goo. I'm not even kidding. This happened like on my birthday. I had a nightmare on my, the night of my birthday. Like, no thank you. I was upset. I was, I, I, it's a longer story. I couldn't sleep because I had an energy drink at 3 o'clock. It was a free energy drink for my birthday from the gym, which I didn't realize was an energy drink. Anyway, I couldn't sleep. I had nightmares. I had to pray all night. And uh, it was horrible. I had so much anxiety on that night of my birthday. It was like all the, all the things that you don't think you ever believe, I was believing. And I woke up and it was this horrible dream. And, and afterwards, the Lord's like, no. That wasn't a bad dream. That was what I'm doing. I'm getting rid of the leaven of the world out of your church. And it looks like yucky green goo. So, praise be to God. <laughs> and pray for my dreams. Um, I, I think I want to end with this, you guys. I... If I can just tell you, I, I, don't, I don't really know how to walk this out because it's such a big mystery to me. And every time I start walking it out and I feel excited that I'm getting it, <laughs> I run into him. And I just... All my limitations become just fly into my face when I'm around Jesus. All my limiting understanding, my limiting beliefs, my lack of faith just flies into my face. And I'm like, I mean, I'm not like, woe unto me, a man of unclean lips, but now I get it. Like, I understand. I, I, I just, can I... Can I challenge us and encourage us and spur us towards this one goal? To seek to know him. To know him. To know him. And I've got good news and bad news. The good news is he's given us all we need. The bad news is, it's not a YouTube channel. He he, he didn't do this for 2023. He did it for eternity. He did this for all believers. And so if, if learning about him through this is not your thing, and I'm not trying to shame anybody who doesn't read the word much, it, it needs to start becoming your thing. Read. Read about him. If you don't know where to start, I got four books you can start with. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You thought I was going to say something from Bill Johnson. No. And I know there's authors out there that make this very easy to understand, and that's what, that's what, that's what fathers and mothers do. They help you understand but I just get this in you. Get this in you. Yeah? Like I said, good news. It's right here. It's the number one bestseller in history. It fits in your pocket if you want it. Heck, it's on your phone. Bad news is you have to open it. 
You, you, I know that, but you like to read. There's plenty of us, reading's hard. And then, and then not to mention, like, well, where do I start? Look at the size of this thing. I tried starting in numbers. That was a mistake, you know, like. <laughs> Jesus is in, is in that book too, though. If you wanted to, you'd just say, Google, where is Jesus in every book of the Bible? And then just start reading all that it says. You can Google that stuff. It's legal. I literally Googled, what are all the scriptures for Advent? I don't know. Somebody does. And it's his scripture, so it's not even, a, it's a good thing. All right, you guys are making this way too easy, but. All right, so this, uh, if anything, I hope I just, for 40 of us, but I. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, this is such a message for everybody. So I pray if you're watching it, I hope it blesses you. But um, why don't you stand with me? I'm going to pray for you. Prayer team, come on up here. I, I, it's a little late. I don't want to have the worship up here. By the way, our, we, have re, we have commissioned our prayer team um, to, uh, and then.